May we pray together, church? It is with great joy, Lord, we come before your word. We come before anticipating that your spirit move. Teach us, help us to be more conformed to your son. Lord, educate us. Bring salvation, Lord, to souls that need salvation. Humble us. God, give us joy as we study this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. About three weeks ago, I had an opportunity to speak with, uh, speak to a, the fifth grade class at Parkview Baptist. And, uh, and as I was preparing and, and ready to leave Baton Rouge to come here to pick up some sound equipment to make that happen, uh, I got a call from a client and their network went down and, uh, and I had to be a part of that resolution. And um, so I got on the phone, and after I'd been on the phone for about 30 minutes, I noticed my wife was missing. So uh, I said, what's going on? And she said, well, I'm going to get your stuff for you. She had left to come here and pick up the stuff that I couldn't get because I was on the phone. It would have put me uh, deep, deep deeper into the night than uh, had she not gone. Uh, That's not the only time in the past uh, couple of weeks that my wife has graciously given up sleep and stayed up into the wee hours helping and doing something for me specifically that that I couldn't do. Uh, My wife is a, a an impassioned lover of me and uh, I don't know what I've done I I know that I've done nothing to earn it (laughs) but I'm grateful that that regularly in a way that that opens my eyes and brings me to my knees my wife demonstrates her love for me and it's it's humbling but it's a, it's a joy to, to be a part of a relationship like that where love is demonstrated so clearly and so regularly for me. And so I make a statement this morning to open up, and this is a phrase that, that I'd like for us to think about. And, and it, it is this, it is uh, love that is not demonstrated is love that is incomplete. Love that is not demonstrated is love that is incomplete. I want you to think about that uh, because sometimes as Christians, we don't do so well at demonstrating our love in the way that we ought to. Sometimes we lack in our ability to, to demonstrate our love because we overlook it, because we, um, we get used to, to it. Uh, It's not a priority for us. And uh, this morning, I I would like to talk about how we demonstrate our love and how we can do that better. If you have your Bible, I want to invite you to open up to to the book of Deuteronomy. We we started Deuteronomy in our reading. If you're visiting with us, we're reading through the Bible together. We do this every other year. 
Uh, we're in the book of Deuteronomy right now, and uh, we, are, we are checking a path to put together all of the scripture into and read the, the greater narrative that's being told. Uh, we have a graphic that we're studying this year uh, that, that says, that puts things together, and it says creation, fall, redemption, kingdom. That is the, the big picture of the Bible, that there, God created all things, that there was a fall and a repetitive fall, if you will, as we look through the Bible, where we saw it in numbers where they had opportunity to become a new nation and they grumbled and complained about God. We see it here in Deuteronomy where they're on the cusp of entering into the promised land, the new Eden, the, the new place to enjoy fellowship with God. And yet. They, they didn't. And, and now Deuteronomy, after 40 years, we're here with this, this fall mentality. And now they have another chance to enter the promised land again. And, and this is where we are in Deuteronomy. And ultimately, God's redemptive plan overcomes and, and deals with our fall. And, and he provides a way to pay for our fall. And, and ultimately, we will... Be with him and we are with him today, Christian, in his kingdom, but we will be with him in a greater way in the eternal kingdom when he returns and establishes that here. So that is our that is our theme of the Bible. Uh, If you if you have your Bible, we're going to be in Deuteronomy uh, almost primarily today, almost exclusively today, rather. And, uh, and, and the thought is this today as I get up to share is we need to think big and, and the big picture of what we're talking about. But we also need to think practically. And this is what Deuteronomy gives to the people. Uh, this is a generation after the, the rebels, as they're called. Uh, the rebellious generation that God commanded them to go in and take the land. If you remember, and they said, no, there's giants in the land. We can't do it. We won't do it. And so God makes them wander, and that generation passes away wandering, or uh, in the wilderness, if you will. And, and the Lord raises up the children, and uh, they grow up, and the next generation comes. The word Deuteronomy is a combination of two words, uh, deutero, which means second, and uh, nomion, which means law. And so the, the word we get is from uh, the Septuagint, but it, it means the second law. It's the second giving of the law. This is the, the pep talk, if you will, before heading into the promised land. It's, it's a re-giving. Look, when you get into the promised land, new generation, this is what you're going to need to know. And it's Moses, before he dies, re-giving that next generation what they need. The generation prior did not trust and obey God. This generation is given another opportunity as they enter into this new Eden-like land. This new land to go and enjoy God and His presence and His gifts to us. Deuteronomy starts off with this. Deuteronomy 1 verse 24 says this. And they turned and went up to the hill country. And they came to the valley of Eshcol. And spied it out again. The new generation. And they took in their hands some of the fruit of the land and brought it down to us uh, and brought uh, us word again and again. Uh, It is a good land that the Lord God is giving to us. Yet you would not go up, but rebelled against, but rebelled against uh, the, the command of the Lord your God. And you murmured in your hearts and said, because the Lord hated us, he has brought us out of the land to give us 
uh, into Egypt. I'm sorry. He has brought us out of the land of Egypt to give us into the hands of the Amorites to destroy us. Rather, this is the first time. Pardon me. Now, 40 years of wandering. We get to Deuteronomy chapter 5, which includes the Ten Commandments. A retelling of those Ten Commandments that God gave to them. And then we get to chapter 6. And that's where we're going to primarily begin today. Chapter 6 begins... um, Well, in verse 4, it says this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And we're going to go back and look at the first couple of verses in a moment. But but this is a, a... a very important chapter of the Old Testament. And, and you'll hear why in a moment. But he begins it with this word Shema. And that is the Hebrew word for listen. Now this word is a, a word that is. Um, many people know what it means. But it means pay attention. Dial in. Uh, listen in. Listen up. I've got something important to tell you. Uh, and this word is used many times in Deuteronomy. Any guesses as to how many times the word Shema is used in Deuteronomy? If you guessed 81 in one book, you're right. That's what I guessed. You, you guessed 81? Okay. 81 times this word of listen, 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 listen. If you ever listen to Charles Stanley preach, that was one of his phrases. Now listen, now listen. He would say that 81 times per sermon. Listen, Israel, the Lord, our God, the Lord is one. And because of who he is, he's going to give a command of what they should do. You have a new opportunity to go into this place to Shabbat, to rest in him, to enjoy him, to see what he's giving you, to live the life that God has made for you to have dominion over the earth. To do what, you, what Adam and Eve were called to do, now you can do it in a more broad way, in a more broad land. This is what you can do. Listen, as you go in, Adam and Eve had one command, don't eat from this tree. You have a, a plethora of commands to give you clarity of what to do and what not to do. You have an opportunity, take it. Listen, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Or I am the unique one. I am the God of gods. Therefore, verse 5. Therefore, you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your might. We're going to break that down. These words I command to you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way. When you lie down and when you rise, you shall bind them as a sign on your hands. They shall be frontlets between your eyes. You get the picture? This should be all encompassing for you. They should be everywhere. They should be a part of all the things you do. They should be a constant reminder to you. Listen, let the words of God be a constant in your life. And what what practical application can we take from that? Right? Studying, thinking about God's word is not just a Sunday to Sunday thing. It's, it's a, something we do regularly. Dwell in him. Jesus said, abide in me and I will abide in you. This is a regular occurrence of, of making things a part of life. 
One of the things we do as a family is every night before we go to bed, we, we, we call it gather at the couch. But we gather at the couch, we pray together, we read scripture together, we talk about the day together. And we try to focus on who God is and what he does. And y'all, you know, there are a lot of ways to do it. That's just one thing we have decided to do. Make the Lord your focus. Focus in. When you rise up, when you sit down, when you, when you lie down, when you walk, bind them all over you. Make it important. And so now he's asking a generation who's heading into this new land, will you covenant with me? Will you be faithful to the covenant? And so I, I turn that as well to you in this room today. Will you covenant with God? Will you be someone that is defined by who God is and what he's commanded us to do? Are you willing to take a step back and say, look, I, I'm not who God wants me to be, but I'm willing to become that person. I know that he is the living God. He is the one true God. And I'm willing to lay down my life for him. That is a question that we all must wrestle with. So I got a pop quiz for you. I got a pop quiz for you. Jesus was asked what the most important commandment was. One of the scribes came up to him and heard him disputing with one another. And seeing that he answered them well, he said, which commandment is the most important one of all? And which one was it, Caleb? Love your God and honor your heart. That's it. Good answer, Caleb. You've been taught well. You've learned well. Jesus answered, the most important one is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart. Thank you. And with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There's no commandment greater than these. There's no commandment greater than these. Now, it's interesting, and if you study the scripture, you kind of see this, but there's no commandment. That's singular. Greater than these. That's what? That's plural. So Jesus is binding all of this together, the, the these commandments, into one commandment. And it is that you love God and that you love your neighbor. And so, Christian, I, I said this earlier that sometimes we as Christians, sometimes we don't demonstrate love well. And, and I do think that is a problem that we need to deal with. And, and I deal with it. And I think we all deal with it is sometimes we make other, we have other priorities that, that prohibit us from demonstrating our love well. And, and it takes sometimes the Christian saying, Father, help me love better. Whether that be loving God, do, do you demonstrate your love for God well on a Sunday morning? Or on a Tuesday afternoon? Or on a Thursday night? Do you demonstrate your love for God well? Do you make a joyful noise before God well? Do you serve His people well, do you sacrifice and give unto the Lord? Well, these are ways we demonstrate our love for God is, is by saying, God, you're more important to me 
than these things. And if I'm honest, I can do better. And that's not even the all, the, the, the fullness of it. It's, do I demonstrate my love for you, church, well? Do I demonstrate my love for my neighbors well? Do I make sacrifices like taking that drive to go get that music equipment to demonstrate my love well? Like staying up late at night to help prepare something for church well? Do I do, do, I do that well? You know, somebody that does it well is the Lord. Romans chapter 5 verse 8 says this, But God shows His love for us in this, While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God demonstrates His love. Do you see it? God is a demonstrator of, of love. So, regulars, you get a chance to share with Anybody who's with us who, who hasn't been around a while or doesn't know the definition of love that I've shared with you. I wonder if you could help share the definition of love for the folks that are with us today who may not know that. Love is what? Wanting the best for someone and, and doing something about it. That may not be the perfect definition, but I think it is a very helpful definition for us to put, uh, put some teeth to what love is. God demonstrates his love, that God demonstrates that he wants the best for us. And God does something about it by sending his son while we were still sinners to, to die for our sin. What you do is a reflection of who you are and what you do is a reflection of who you love. And, and too often, I think we get wrapped up in the love of ourselves rather than in the love of God and the love of our neighbor. My son will tell me, I taught him years ago, he's remembered it. But if you want joy in life, just live out the letters J-O-Y. You've heard this? Jesus first, others next, yourself last. J-O-Y. Let's get some context, a little bit more context for Deuteronomy 6 verse 4. Let's look at, at verse 1. Now this is the commandment, the statutes and the rules that the Lord your God commanded me, Moses, to teach you. That you may do them in the land which you are going over to possess it. Alright, does that make sense now? They're going into a land and, and these are the commands that I'm giving you so that you may go in and possess it. Verse 2. That you may fear the Lord your God and your son and your son's sons. We want it to be a lasting thing. By keeping all of his statutes and his commands, which I commanded you all the days of your life. So if you want to be in the land, if you want it to last, I'm giving you a set of commands to allow that to happen. And you know, sometimes we miss that God's commands, his commandments are for our good. And we, we get to thinking that God's commands are against us to steal our joy, but they're really there to give us a platform in which to enjoy him properly and more fully. Verse 3, 
Hear, therefore, O Israel, and be careful to do them, that it may go well with you, and that you may multiply greatly, as the Lord, the God of your fathers, has promised you in a land flowing with milk and honey. In John chapter 14, verse 15, Jesus says, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Matthew 19, verse 17, If you would enter life, keep the commandments. 1 John that we studied recently as a church, and by this we know that we've come to know him if we what church? Y'all are there. If we keep his commandments. Whoever says I know him but does not keep his commandments is a liar, says 1 John 2, 4, the next verse. And the truth is not in him. So, how do we know if we love God? The Bible says we keep his commandments. By this we know we've come to know him if we keep his commandments. That's what John tells us. But we have to be careful because love is not merely, merely, only commandment keeping, right? And that's where we can get into trouble and say, well, then all I have to do is keep commandments and I'm good. When my wife left the house, I did not ask her to go pick things up for me. It wasn't a commandment. And it wasn't like I said, hey, will you go get this? The love that she had for me motivated her to go serve me because she knew that would be the best for me. So love is not merely commandment keeping. Here's a commandment. Turn off that phone. Love is not merely commandment keeping. It's something much more, but, but it's not less than commandment keeping, if that makes sense. All right. Some of you young folks, y'all with me? If, you're, if your mother asks you to clean your room, and you don't do that, Are you loving your mom or your dad properly? Your youth pastor says, nope. Husband, if you do not, if you see that your wife is burdened and overwhelmed, then don't mention that or seek to alleviate some of that burden. Are you loving her well? Wife, if you see your husband discouraged, if you see him failing and you pile on the failure by criticizing him, are you loving him properly? It's, it's more than commandment keeping. It's wanting the best for someone and doing something about it. And, and this is what Jesus called us to do. Here's, here's what we're going to do with the remainder of our time. We're going to look at the words that, that Moses gave and that Jesus quoted. And we're going to look at each of those words. I did this in 2020. We're three years later. I've, I've tweaked it, but I'm going to give you these, these words again. 
and, and encourage you to think about these words. If you want to write them down, please do. I'm going to give you the Hebrew words and the, the meanings behind the words and then other usages of those words to try to help us understand what is he really calling us to do, right? He said to love the Lord with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And that's what Jesus told us to do. Here's another quiz for you. Which one of those three are not in the Shema from Deuteronomy? Which one of the four words, heart, soul, mind, or strength, did Jesus add? He added mind. And we're going to talk about why. Because in, the, in Deuteronomy, it's heart, soul, strength. Right? So here's the first word, heart. Levav. Levav is the heart. And the, the Hebrew word, if you look it up in, in Hebrew dictionaries and lexicons, you'll find out that the heart is where your, your desires, it's the root of your desire. Uh, and that is why in, in our culture today, I love you with all of my, my heart, with my desire. I want, I want you. And, and that's where we get that word. It, it comes from what, what captures you. What do you, what do you think about? What do you want? Um, and uh, the old LSU football coach, Les Miles, he would say uh, when, when they would lose a game, he would say, you didn't have the want. Or our team didn't have the want to win the game. I always thought that was funny. But, but he speaks in an interesting way. It's the desire. You didn't want it and you didn't do what was necessary because you didn't want it. Enough, And that's what he's trying to communicate to the team. Now, elsewhere in Scripture, Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 29, this word is used as well. Listen to this passage. Y'all with me? Y'all still with me? All right. But from there you will seek the Lord, your God, and you will find him if you search after him with all of your levav. That's it. With all of your heart. If you seek him with all of your desire, with all of your want... And with all of your soul, and we'll look at that one in just a moment. You're going to find God if he's what your heart desires. I mean, that's, you think about it. You don't find what you don't want. You know, I, I've, I've never found a diamond in the ground. Because I haven't wanted to, and it takes effort. Maybe one day I will. But I've never found it because I haven't wanted to find it. I've never looked. If you want God, seek after him, you will find him. He doesn't turn away anyone who comes to him. That is the heart of God. Moving on. Deuteronomy 1.28. Our word shows up again. Where were you? Well, where are we going up? Our brothers have our lebab. Our brothers have our lebab melt. This is when they're afraid. And they said the the people are greater and taller than we. The cities are fortified. So these are the spies going in. And they said our, our, uh, our levav melted. Our want to go in melted when we saw what it was going to cost us to go in. That we'd have to face giants and fortified cities. And our desire to go in and get the land died. There it is. Love God with all of your desire. With all of what you want. Do we love God that way? Do we love God with all of our, our want? 
All right, next word. Love God with all your heart, with all your, what's next? Soul. And that is the Hebrew word nefesh. Uh, that, is, that is breathing creature. Breathing creature. And that is uh, anybody or yourself. Let me give you a couple of, uh, of cross references for that. Exodus 4 verse 19. And the Lord said to Moses in Midian, go back to Egypt for all the men who were seeking your nefesh are dead. All the men who were seeking your, your life, your aliveness, they're dead. I'll give you another one. Genesis 2-7. Then the Lord God formed the man from dust of the ground, breathed it into his nostrils, and breathed the breath of life, and the man became a nefesh. He became a, an alive creature. God breathed life into him, and he became alive. He had aliveness, if you will. Love God with all of your heart, your, your desire. Love God with all of your soul. And that is with all of your aliveness. So kind of keeping that in order, you've got, I, I want to know God. I want to desire and, and, and know who God is. And therefore, the things in my aliveness are going to show that. I'm going to be a commandment keeper. I'm going to do things and make sacrifices for God. I'm going to willingly do things that may be hard for the sake of the kingdom of God and proclaiming the gospel message. That's loving God with your aliveness. And now we go to the strength. And this is the third one from Deuteronomy. It's, it's meod. And that is, it's the word that we would use oftentimes for, uh, for very. Very. Uh, in, in Haitian Creole, it's unpeel. And they would, he would use that word so much. I very much, I exceedingly want to do this. Here are a couple of cross-references. Genesis 131. And God saw that he had made everything that he had made. And behold, it was meod good. It was very, it wasn't just good. It was exceedingly good. Exodus 1.7. But the people of Israel were fruitful and increased greatly. They increased meod. They increased very much. They multiplied and grew exceedingly. Meod. Strong. So that the land was filled with them. So love God with all your heart. All of your desire. What do I want to do? I want to love God. Love God with all your soul, with all of your aliveness, with the, the time and effort that you have. And love God with all of your variness, your strength, with all of your effort, all of your goodness that you have. Uh, let me give you a story. I shared this with the fifth graders too. Several years ago, we had a step competition within... Uh, Within some of our young folks. And uh, at the end of the steps competition, Tyler and Abby had one final day. They were right there neck and neck to win the competition. And so it was their goal to, to win this competition. This was after Stephen had uh, broken his ankle or foot or something. And we had a couple injuries. And step competitions, y'all, they can be dangerous. So that day, uh, there were lots of steps being done. I think we were maybe have been at church that day. 
And Tyler had a meeting. I think uh, he was walking around during the meeting. I mean, it was a, it was a pretty serious competition. They were, they were really trying to win. At the end of the day, they were both out running or walking in their neighborhood. And, um, and we looked down, and I know that on Abby's watch or her phone, we, we looked, and she had run or taken, at least that day alone, 27 miles. What was it? 27 miles worth of steps to try to win this competition. And it came down to midnight, uh, or around 11.45, and, and we got an update from Tyler, and he was, we didn't realize, but he had kind of gone dark. He had gone offline, and he was doing all this exercise, running, trying to get it, and uh, he was ahead a little bit, I think, at that time. And so Abby started running and playing. After 27 miles of, of going that day, she was uh, sprinting, trying to get as many steps as she could. And I'll never forget, the clock struck midnight, and, and there it was. She had finished. She had given everything that she had into this competition. And Tyler sends a message with his final step count, and it was, uh, it was ahead of, of Abby. Uh, congratulations, by the way, Tyler. That was a moment that fully encapsulated this idea of variedness, of with all of your strength, with all every ounce of who you are, they fought for this. For a silly, I won the steps competition. Do we love God that way? Do we love God with our variedness? With this intensity, with this effort to please and know and, and honor God? I don't, I don't do that well enough. And finally, what about this mind part that Jesus added? Y'all, y'all with me for one more? All right. Jesus added one, the mind. Well, it's not in Hebrew, so I can't give you a Hebrew word, but I can give you the, the Greek word, and it's, uh, it's dianoia. Dianoia. Um, and, and it means thinking. Noia is, is the mind. And if you understand how this word works, it's, it's, a, it's a, a focus of the mind. It's a processing of the mind. It's a, a, the way that we think. Now, uh, we think about stuff all the time. But uh, do y'all know the difference when, when you, you're really thinking about something? When you can't get it off of your mind? Sometimes maybe you can't sleep at night because something is on your brain. I can remember growing up, it was Christmas Eve. What's going to be under the tree? What am I going to get that would my, my mind was working and you had a hard time settling down? When you grow up, it's, it's not as fun as Christmas Eve, the things that keep you up at night. But you, there are things that you really think about and process. And, and you know, for me, one thing weekly that, it, that this encapsulates for me is preparing to preach on Sunday morning. My sermons every week are... Now, some people work out in the shop and some people draw and we've got some great stuff around our church. Some people build stuff and you've seen the stuff for our passion play or they make sheep. Um, one of the ways in which I express myself is, is trying to craft a message for you. Uh, and, and you may not understand that, but every week it's my goal to craft something for you that's worthwhile. 
Uh, and it takes effort. It takes time. It takes a lot of thinking. But it's something that I have uh, purpose to do. This is this dianoia. It's, it, and let me give you a couple of cross-references in the New Testament. Ephesians 4.18. Listen to this one. He's talking about non-believers. They are darkened in their dianoia. They're darkened in their understanding. They cannot comprehend who Christ is. They're alienated from life because of the, the ignorance that is in them. So you see the contrast here. He, he's restating. He's saying that they don't have the dianoia. They don't have the understanding. They're living in ignorance to who God is. A lack of knowing. So when Jesus says, love God with all of your mind. He's calling us to love God with a thinking that has to effort to understand who he is. God is not simple. And it takes study and effort. And I believe Jesus is calling us to do that. Uh, Deuteronomy 4 verse 6. This is another one. This is Hebrew, so it's not exact, but it's the same idea. Keep them and do them. The commandments he's talking about. For that will be your wisdom and your bina is the Hebrew word, but it's it's understanding. That will be your wisdom and your understanding in the sight of the people. This is your wisdom, your your way of understanding. So let me wrap all this up. God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to redeem. A people who do not love God properly. I am one of those people. You are one of those people. Commandment keeping is not the way unto salvation. But commandment keeping is a way to reveal or demonstrate your love for God. Jesus Christ, in order to pay the debt that we have for not loving him properly... Died on the cross. He was buried and he rose again to give us life. Apart from the work of Jesus Christ, his life and his death, we have no righteousness before God. We are dead in our sins. We will be judged in a place called hell for all eternity. But for all who would believe in him, for all who would call on his name, the Bible says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be what, church? Will be saved. God in His grace demonstrated His love for us while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So what does that mean? If you're not a lover of God, if you're not a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, you need to repent of your sin. You need to commit yourself to the Lord. Be baptized. And, and publicly commit yourself to the Lord Jesus Christ. And follow Him and walk in obedience to Him. That's what the Bible commands us to do. To be made right with God. Believe on Him. And then follow through with the, the belief that you have by living it out. If you are a Christian, you work on loving God every day. Y'all, I, I fail often. My... Desires get the best of me. Um, I say things I shouldn't say. I don't love God the way that I ought to. 
And it's real. And I feel it, y'all. Every day I feel it. I feel it. I don't love God the way I should. And, and so as a Christian, you and me, Christians, what we try to do, an effort to do, is say, God, help me to love you better, more appropriately, like the way that I should. Do a work in me by your spirit. So that's my simple, I guess, my, my bring it all down to something. If you don't know Jesus, repent, believe, trust Jesus to save your soul and, and give your life to him. If you do love Jesus, repent, believe, and love God more today by giving him all of your heart, your desire, your soul, all of your aliveness, your strength, all of your variness, all of the extra effort that we can and all of your mind, all of our seeking to understand and know Him. Let's do that. Let's pray together. Our Father, we, we are deficient in the way that we love You. We ask Your Spirit to fill us, to transform us and make us better lovers of who You are in our day-to-day life. Let us love our children well. Let us love our spouse well. Let us love our church well. And most of all, let us love you well. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen.